Welcome to the Breezy Babies Podcast, where we talk about all things boobs, babies, and breastfeeding. This is episode 98, Baby Hunger Cues. I'm Bree, the IBCLC, and I made Breezy Babies with you in mind to help ease your transition into parenthood. Becoming a parent changes your life in every way imaginable. Bumps in the road are going to come up as you move into your new role, but my goal is to help smooth out those bumps and help you become the most confident parent you can be. With good education and support, I know you can meet your breastfeeding and parenting goals. Let's do this together. Hey there, friend. How are you? How are you doing? Can you believe that this podcast is almost to its 100th episode? (laughs) I can't even hardly believe that myself. And I'm the one who's made all these podcast episodes. (laughs) But I am getting so excited to celebrate the 100th episode I have a fun topic set aside for the 100th episode. I think I finally want to share my birth story. I have a birth video. I've written out a bit of a blog post on my Breezy Babies website, but I thought it would be so fun to just share a little bit of the journey in one in my 100th episode. So I think that's what I'm going to make the episode all about. And so leading up to that, I want to give away some free stuff. And of course, I'm going to give free stuff to anyone who leaves me an Apple podcast review. So the first person who's getting some free stuff is Nadia Barrios. She left me an Apple podcast review. This is what she said. She said, I searched lactation and found you. I am a breastfeeding peer counselor for WIC. I am always looking for ways to help and educate my clients. Thank you. I love that, Nadia. If for everyone listening, if you don't know what a peer counselor is, if you don't know what WIC is, WIC is a government-sponsored program that's all over the United States. They have um, clinics all over for women and children, and they have peer counselors who are kind of like a good um, first touch if you're having lactation help, especially if you qualify for WIC. Um, I believe that many of the offices will help you even if you don't currently have WIC. Um, But I love that Nadia is listening to this podcast and helping um, families and learning more, expanding her knowledge. I'm always doing the same as well. I'm always learning from those who have higher certifications, higher degrees than me, have more experience, um, have more knowledge in areas that I don't have so much knowledge. And so Nadia, I want to give you a free download. You can just email me brie at breezybabies.com and you can pick what you want. Um, if you want a free workshop, I have lap 101, more milk, baby biters, and, um, I also could send you my baby massage online course. So Nadia, that is for you. If you also want to get a free download off of my website, then all you have to do is leave a review and I'm going to give away more free stuff to celebrate my upcoming 100th podcast episode. 
Okay, I do want to share one other review with you. Um, this was a recent Google review and I loved it. This was from Paula B. She said, I'm so glad I met with Bree. She eased my mind so much, super knowledgeable and sweet. Looking forward to the next five consults we get covered by my insurance. For the first time ever, I'm excited and feel more confident about breastfeeding. Can I just tell you that I wish everybody was covered for six free consults under insurance? I so hope that it moves that way. Um, technically under, um, the, uh, what is it? The affordable care act, right? That was passed when Obama was president. Um, technically all insurances have to cover lactation care. The unfortunate part is sometimes they're a big pain about covering it. And when they do cover lactation care, they reimburse little to nothing. Now, there are some insurances that do cover it very well. And those are the ones that Lactation Network, the company that bills for me, um, takes care of that for me. And man, I so hope that one day everyone is covered for free consults. Um, it just makes all the difference when you can meet with someone um, preventatively, even prenatally. Um, and even before you have big problems after your baby is born, it's so much easier for me to help someone when um, little things are starting to pop up instead of, oh my gosh, I have this huge problem. How do I get back? I am about to just throw all my lactation goals down the drain. So if you're curious, if your insurance covers free consults, you can just go to my website, breezybabies.com, or I always have a link in the show notes um, where you can click it to see if you have free consults covered under your insurance. And if not, that's okay. Um, I also accept self-pay and you can pay with your healthcare spending account to either meet with me or my other IBCLC Lex. We do in-home telehealth, all the things. So again, thank you, Nadia. And thank you, Paula, for leaving those reviews. Again, if you leave a review for the 100th episode, you can get some free stuff from my website. Okay. I want to talk today about baby hunger cues. This is a recent post that I did. And here's what I said in the post. I said, babies, even newborns can tell you when they're ready to eat. You just have to know what to look for. Okay. Isn't that so funny? People say all the time, like, how do I know my baby is hungry? Like they'll cry. Um, but I try and latch them on and they're not interested and they just recently ate. So how do I know when they're hungry? How do I know when they are needing something else, like just to be close to me or to sleep or a change of environment? And the cool thing is, is that babies do communicate, even though they don't use words, <laughs> they communicate in different ways. I actually remember learning recently that a sign of being tired in babies is when they won't make eye contact with you. Like you look at them, you're talking to them and they keep like looking away and looking away. And so I taught that to my husband and he just loves that. He thinks it's the coolest thing. He'll be playing with the baby and she'll start looking away and like will not make eye contact with them. And he's just like, oh, looks like you're ready for nap time. And it just, 
I guess, really empowers him to just know what baby needs. And um, I just, I love things like that when we can just empower ourselves because really like we know our babies better than anyone else. And just knowing these normal things that newborns do, it helps us to feel so empowered as we are the ones taking care of them. So just like with that cue of baby saying like, Hey, I am tired. (laughs) Heads up. I want to go to sleep. Um, there also are cues that can tell us that your baby is ready to eat. Okay. So these are especially helpful with young babies and, um, like newborns. Okay. These will also apply afterwards, but if you're listening to this and you are pregnant about to have your baby soon, then you are listening to this podcast episode at the perfect time. Okay. So going back to my post, I talked about, um, this is what I wrote. I said, early hunger cues, um, your baby will be alert, turning her head side to side. And these are the first signs of feed me. Okay. So that's early hunger cues, mid hunger cues. I said, your baby will be sucking on her hands, lip smacking. Now we're transitioning to seriously. I'm hungry. Late hunger cues, crying, AKA hangry. (laughs) Your baby might be telling you I'm too upset to eat now. So when is the best time to feed? in the early phase. Okay. Again, we talked about early, mid and late hunger cues. The best time to feed is in early phase. That's when your baby is alert, turning her head side to side. Those are the first signs of feed me. So let's say you missed that early hunger cues and now your baby is hangry. She's crying. She's upset. Then you want to calm your baby first. So think things like doing skin to skin, rocking your baby, singing, bouncing, cuddling, all those sort of things. So I want to tell you um, a story about when I used to work in the hospital. So years ago when I worked in the hospital, let's see, I haven't worked in the hospital um, until shortly after my son was born. So probably it's been, um, six, seven years since I've actually worked on the floor in the hospital. I did teach classes in the hospital for a couple years after that. Um, but actually working like on the unit postpartum as a nurse, it's probably been at least six or seven years. But anyway, how it works in the hospital is there's always a charge nurse, a nurse that's in charge basically. <laughs> and Um, Our charge nurse, when I worked um, on the postpartum unit in the hospital, she would be the one that would sit in the nursery all night and kind of watch over the babies who were sent to the nursery for the night. Sometimes it was a CNA, like a, a, a nurse assistant, but a lot of times it was the charge nurse and she was in there watching the babies. And let's say a baby starts to open her eyes. Will the charge nurse notice that right away? The one who's in there keeping an eye on all these babies that are in um, the normal newborn nursery. So maybe this charge nurse will notice that this baby is starting to open her eyes and look side to side, but maybe not because sometimes there was quite a few babies in the nursery, But let's just say for argument's sake that she did catch those eyes opening and closing. So uh, let's continue on our example here. Let's say she goes over, checks the chart, 
And, oh, she sees the baby hasn't eaten for a couple of hours. Okay. She looks up who is taking care of this baby. She calls the CNA. The CNA is busy. She's taking a mom and baby outside who just got discharged. So then she calls the nurse. Um, she's in the middle of giving meds to a patient, but we'll be there soon. By this time, the baby is sucking on her hands, even though it's just been a minute or two. And the charge nurse, she can't leave because no one will be there to watch the other babies in the nursery. And the other nurse will be back soon. And here she is. <laughs> the nurse is finally back. She grabs the baby, pushes the little bassinet down the hall towards the mom's room. And while she's pushing, she um, is pushing the bassinet. The baby is starting to fuss. Okay. The baby is upset. The baby is crying at this point. Baby is hangry. Nurse walks into the room, gently wakes up the parents and has to check band numbers between mom and baby. That's just to make sure that the right mom and the right baby are always together in the hospital. So we have little bands where we check the numbers, which towards the end of while I was working there, we actually had, um, bands that would beep if the wrong baby and the wrong mom got too close to each other. Um, they were like actually electronic bands like that. Or if a mom or a baby got too close to the exit, they would beep an alarm. But back at the time of this, you know, example, this, we did not have electronic armbands and we would check the bands. So anyway, this is actually a really true just regularly occurring example of something that happened all the time when I worked on the unit. So I would walk into the room and baby is super hangry. They're crying and they're upset. Those early feeding cues are long gone. So now mom needs to calm the baby before she can latch and feed. Now, Things are a little bit different now. For example, we don't really have, at least in the hospitals here um, in my area in Utah, we don't really have a normal newborn nursery anymore. Instead, most hospitals now do rooming in with the parents. And that might seem like a really crappy situation um, to not be able to send your baby to the nursery, but it's actually really great for breastfeeding success. Because here's my tip, here's my three tips, okay? The reason for that is um, you are more likely to meet your lactation goals if you keep your baby close to you. Okay, so tip number one for you when you are in those early feeding days, okay, especially with newborns, tip number one is keep your baby close, super close. Yes, even if your baby is in the nursery, your chance of meeting your lactation goals goes down. In fact, there have been studies that have shown that for every two feet, two feet, that's not that far away, but for every two feet that your baby is away from you, your chances of exclusive breastfeeding goes down. So you're most likely to meet your goals if your baby is actually on your chest <laughs> right next to you. Um, if you're home and you're co-sleeping, you have great chance of meeting your lactation goals. For every two feet that your baby is away, your chances go down. So that applies in the hospital, which is now why so many do rooming in and just keep mom and baby together the whole time they're in the hospital. And also when you go home, we 
have found that we like babies to stay in the same room as their parents. Even for the first year is great. (laughs) Even if you just do it for the first six months. Um, You know, of course, different things work for different families. um, But a huge reason, reason for keeping your baby close is to meet your lactation goals. Okay, so tip number two for those early hunger cues is feed early and often and do not have a schedule because those first few weeks, especially, you just want to feed your baby anytime they show any small interest in feeding. I'm just talking like your baby opens her eyes and barely turns her head side to side. Feed her offer the breast. You cannot offer the breast too much. Over time, you're going to naturally fall into a rhythm, but that is very different than a rigid schedule. Rhythm is great, okay? Around this time of day, my baby eats. Around this time of day, my baby sleeps, and that's totally normal. But what we kind of want to stay away from is really strict schedules like, oh, sorry, you're hungry. Well, hasn't been three hours yet, so you just got to (laughs) wait. P.S. That's exactly what I did with my first baby. And it was horrible. She would scream and cry and I would watch the clock and say like, sorry, it hasn't been three hours. And my supply sucked and my mental state was not great. (laughs) So (laughs) kind of a double whammy. So don't do what I did. So again, that tip number two was feed early and often and do not have a schedule. Tip number three for these hunger cues is calm a crying baby before latching. That way you can get a deep latch. So if your baby is crying and hangry and upset, it's going to be really tricky for that baby to get a good deep latch. They're probably just going to get on really shallow because they're crying and their tongue is at the roof of their mouth and you're flustered and upset because your baby is crying and you're just trying to latch them on as quickly as possible. But listen, do not, do not push through the pain of a shallow latch. Always, always strive for a deep latch. So if your baby is too upset to get a deep latch, then calm your baby first. My favorite way to do this is skin to skin. Skin to skin is the magic answer for all the things. Take your baby plop her on your chest, um, you know, down to a diaper, actually against your skin on your chest. So no blankets, gowns, shirts, anything in between the two of you. And that is the best way to calm (laughs) so that you can come back and try again to latch at the breast. Okay. Let me review these top three tips for you for baby hunger cues. Now that you know what to watch for, right? So you know what an early hunger cue is, baby's alert, turning head side to side. A mid hunger cue is your baby is sucking on her hands, lip smacking. And a late hunger cue is, hey, I'm hangry, I'm crying, I'm upset, you waited too long for me. (laughs) So the top three tips now that you know what those are is number one, keep your baby close. Number two, feed early and often, don't have a schedule. And number three is calm a crying baby before latching so that you can get a deep latch. 
there you have it. Now you know what to watch for. Now you know when your baby is telling you that she is hungry, you're going to feel confident and you're going to say, oh, my baby's saying that she's hungry. It's time to feed. We're just going to latch on. And that confidence as a parent is everything because you know what? Postpartum is a hard time. And so even just a little bit of confidence like this <laughs> can be enough to get you through a hard day. If you know another parent who is struggling in the throes of postpartum, or even better, if you know of a family who is currently expecting, currently pregnant, send them this podcast episode now. You can save them so much pain and heartache by working preventatively. Can you imagine if I would have known these top three tips before my first baby, I could have saved myself so much pain and heartache. So if you know someone who could benefit from this podcast episode, you can share it with them. I would so appreciate it. That helps to grow my podcast and it just helps more families who are in need. You're the best. Of course, I'm going to leave you with you are strong. You are smart. You are beautiful. You're a good friend to all. Have a good day. 